everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. My co-host Kathy King and I want to welcome you to Writing Works Wonders. We want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder of writing. We are so glad you're here with us. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for this action-packed episode full of exciting announcements and our special guest, Ann Chiapetta, to discuss the fabulous presentation tips using audio prompting and assistive technology. Hi, Kathy. Hi, everyone. We're so happy to be back here with all of you. Two weeks off. Oh, my goodness. But wasn't that a fabulous convention? Wow. Great job to ACB Media, ACB Community, ACB as a whole, all the volunteers and all the hard work that went into it. It was phenomenal. So the question is, how many devices did you all have going on in your home? Oh my goodness gracious, wonderful. But we are so glad to be back here. And in the meantime, we did make two new podcasts. Watch for episode 21, which is on podcasting for authors. As you know, Kathy has many years of experience and we filled that podcast with a lot of information. So make sure you tune in and look at the show notes. And I'm Episode number 22, we did a little more in-depth in our submission conversation. So check it out. And we talked about how you can prepare your manuscripts, whether it's short stories or books, to prepare them for submission. So check them out. Check out the references in our show notes. They are packed full of information just for you. We've also been busy rolling out our plans to offer more ways for our listeners to participate in and grow with Writing Works Wonders. Today, we'll explain all of those opportunities. We all have been preparing for the first ever Writing Works Wonders Writing Contest, which begins Sunday, August 1st and ends September 30th. We will provide details at the end of this show and accept questions at that time. But all the information is available online and you submit online. We are having our second open mic called Storytelling Open Mic on August 27th. Please pass the word. We had such a great turnout last time and it was a lot of fun. We're asking that you keep your story to five minutes, a genre of your choice. We are going to also give you the opportunity to sign up ahead of time so we can put you in the program And that worked out great last time. It kept things moving and we had such a great time. So please join us. You can submit to sign up for both of these by going to writingworkswonders.com. And over to the right, you click contact us and you'll see a series of buttons where you'll be able to reserve a spot for the open mic or submit to the contest. Finally, we started our weekly writing prompt during the convention. And some folks have already spotted those in our newsletters and are submitting them. You can submit your writing prompts in a couple of ways. One, you can email them to us, or you can go to that same spot on our website, the Contact Us page, and click Submit Your Writing Prompt Response. I wanted to read just two of those writing responses today, and it was on the topic of summer from a tactile perspective. We choose these at random from those that are submitted to us. The first one is from Marlene Massat, and she wrote this. When outside, sweat starts dripping down your back from the oppressive heat lamp 
constantly hovering over your head. You know it's summer. Bugs buzzing by dare you to open your mouth. The air is thick with humidity, making it hard to breathe. It's time for a cool, refreshing swim. I am going to read Summer by Rebecca Valadara, standing outside in the nice warm sun. Under a shady tree, we sit, telling stories, and that's also fun. Marvelous trips to the park to play, making scrumptious meals to give us energy and brighten our day. Endless learning for everyone is very nice. Rewarded by trips to 7-Eleven with large drinks full of ice. Thank you, Rebecca. That was great. Thank you. And we just gave a demonstration of why we need <laughs> Annie's lesson today. <laughs> because both of us struggle with reading work out loud with different visual acuities. So let me just introduce Anne Chiapetta. Since 1998, Anne's poems, creative nonfiction, essays, fiction have appeared in print journals, online magazines, blogs, and small press reviews. Anne strives to produce all her writing and audio for people with print disabilities, including performance poetry, podcast interviews, and informational presentation. Anne lives in New York's historic and beautiful Lower Hudson Valley and continues to develop a mutually beneficial relationship with her assistive technology. And we are also very pleased to say that Annie is part of Writing Works Wonders advisory team. Welcome, Annie. You are here to save us from ourselves. <laughs> Hi, Kathy. Hi, Cheryl. So glad to have you here with us. You know what? You're brave because you, you realize, you know, hey, you could use some help. And that's the first step in making things better. Thank you so much for, uh, for inviting me today. So Annie, oh, we've been describing this as audio prompting. Some folks might not be familiar with that term. What is audio prompting? Okay, so audio or audible prompting is a way to perform the written word in a verbal way. So the old-fashioned people call it recitation, you know, reciting um, something. And you might recall that uh, in grade school, you may have been asked to memorize a poem and then recite it in front of your class. I know I did. I was asked to do that when I went to public school back in the 70s and we had to pick a poem and we had to try to memorize it. And the whole process of trying to memorize a poem and then being a nervous wreck and kind of having to go stand up in front of the class and recite it and maybe get laughed at, you know, uh, I'm sure some of us have had those experiences. So audible prompting is just a tool and a way to help you do that better. People with vision, they have an advantage because they could use printed notes, or note cards, things like that. Um, a lot of people who, who do presentations regularly also use uh, notes from their PowerPoints and things like that. But when you have vision loss that takes away those advantages, you have to find a different way to do things. And audible prompting is part of that. And a little bit of background also, I lost my vision later in life. And I did learn Braille 
but I'm not a proficiently practiced Braille reader. So like if I was going to read a poem, I couldn't read it from Braille, from a Braille copy. I just can't do that. And I've tried and tried and tried. And, you know, I became very frustrated with it. So I decided to try something a little bit different. And that's how the audio prompting thing came about. Well, Um, I certainly see a tremendous need. I've been incredibly frustrated, Annie, because I've been part of writing groups and reading groups with sighted people, and they want me to read my work after we've been writing for a while. And I Mm -hmm. struggle and I'm embarrassed because I've Mm -hmm. lost my sight relatively recently. It's been two years progressively, and it's very frustrating and trying to find ways I've hit upon a way that I'm doing better, but I have to practice and practice to be able to read anything aloud. So go ahead and explain to us how you approach this, would you? Sure. What I'm doing right now, actually, I'm doing it. I have my headset set up and I'm listening to what is on my Word document and I'm using them as my notes while I make my presentation. And Jaws is speaking to me in my left ear and I'm listening and talking to you in my right ear. And that might sound complicated. And at first it is. You have to train your brain to, to be able to do that. And it's not easy at first. But if you practice, it, you can you can get it to work and then it becomes just like a muscle memory and you can get it done and make it look good. I'm going to try to stick to some of these points. I'm going to try to help you. Like I'm going to assume everybody here today is a beginner on the audio prompting. And so we're going to go over some tips and tools. And that includes describing some low and high tech options that you might want to use to be able to help you practice the audio prompting. That includes like some of the text-to-speech technology and things like that so you can practice for public speaking. And then we're going to talk about, you know, like what we were just talking about, building up your confidence and getting over that performance anxiety. That's all part of this as well. I mean, you can practice in a bubble or in your office on your own. But when you step up and you finally perform in front of other people, you need to be confident about it. And you also need to know that you practice enough that you're able to to lower that anxiety and saying, I got this. I'm prepared. I might be feeling nervous, you know, whatever. But, I, you know, hey, if I practice this, I know I got it. My technology is going to help me get through this. So it's kind of like you're being your own cheerleader. But that's what happens. I mean, actors go through this. Singers, performers, musicians, we all have that little bit of <laughs> um, anxiety. And uh, but that's what helps you get to the point where you know at some point you say, I want to do this and this is going to help you. Uh, Kathy or Cheryl, do you have any questions so far? You want- Can I ask a question quick, Annie? Sure. Before you go further, what you're using in your ears? Sure. I'm using a, um, a USB headset, ported headset with a little boom mic. And I have my my left headset plugged with a piece of rubber. So when I'm using JAWS, you don't really hear it too much in the background. And I hear everything out of my right ear. So I'm processing what JAWS is telling me and what I'm receiving all on one ear. But yeah, you could use a USB headset. You could use a cordless headset. You could use earbuds. You can even use a one earpiece piece that you put in one ear. So if I was, for instance, presenting my poetry and I was on a podium, I'd set up my laptop and I'd have the one piece ear set in so it doesn't interfere with the microphone or the commands that I need to give my keyboard. And so you can stay in one place and not move around too much and not, you know, fumble around and stuff. So that's how that that goes. But I like the USB headsets. I think they give you the, the best sound. 
So talking before about being a kid and asked, you know, being asked to memorize something or being in a school play and memorizing your lines, I was never very good at it. <laughs> so, I mean, I could memorize up to a certain point, but then I, there was always this point where I couldn't memorize anymore. And it's, it's so frustrating sometimes to know that you just have, you have this limitation. You know, I couldn't do something like this when I was growing up. I was like, oh, I can't remember my lines and I can't be in a play because everybody's always whispering what to me, what to say, that kind of stuff. So it was kind of liberating for me to figure all this out later on. So we're at the beginning. Let's say somebody's asked you to do a poetry reading of some of your poems in a, a local library. All right. So, you know, you've got to prepare. Let's say you selected the pieces that you want to read. Now you've got to prepare yourself and figure out a way how to do that. Kathy had mentioned practicing. And that's always practice, 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 because practice makes perfect. Right. <laughs> so, and we're going to keep up the practicing, but we're also going to record. You're going to record yourself practicing and the reason why you record yourself, and you could do it anyway, you could, you know, if you have an, an old style cassette player, you could do it through that. You could do it on your computer with your voice recording app that you have. My Windows 10 computer has a voice recording app on it, and it's pretty good. Um, you could do it from your iPhone, you know, through your notes or your memo or a memo recording app. There are a lot of them out there, and people like different ones for different reasons. And so you're going to want to listen to yourself. When you first listen to yourself, being recorded and you're saying that, wow, that sounds weird. You say you have to get used to yourself and how you sound. That's the first level of having confidence with public speaking is being able to say, yeah, that's me. And I like the way I sound. <laughs> and then you're going to be able to figure out, um, hopefully, what equipment works best for you. We were just talking about headsets, right? Some people might not like headsets. Some people might not like the ear covers. Some people might want an earbud style headset. It's all up to the individual, whatever helps you do your best. I know, um, Cheryl, you had mentioned a Victor Reader stream, and I did play around with it a little bit last week. And I loaded just a short essay on an SD card, and I got to play it back with my Victor and figure out how to go line by line and word by word and all that. So you can do this with a Victor Reader stream as well. And I know some people that do use a victory to stream like they would use a note card. When you're practicing, try to keep things short because you can get lost in the words and the language and stuff. I mean, just to practice and figure out your equipment and how you want to use your equipment and things like that, you don't really need to do something long at first, at least. But when you're going to a specific presentation, sure, you're going to want to go through that presentation from piece to piece from beginning to end, at least, uh, you know, at least two or three times. So you have a familiarity with the language itself and the rhythm of, of what you're reading, because that makes a big difference where the natural breaks would be, how you want to inflect your voice, all of those things. Those all come into play at some point during this whole process. When I'm reading a poem at first uh, and I record it, I go back and many times this has happened where through reading the poem and listening to it, I want to edit it because things that I might not have caught while I was writing it, I definitely catch while reading it aloud. And uh, that's okay. You can take note of that or edit it as you go or however you want to do it. But that does help in the overall writing process as well. Sometimes a line may seem natural when you're writing it, but when you're reading it, it doesn't seem natural or it may be too long or too short. 
or the inflection or the, the meaning you want to convey with your voice isn't isn't right. You have a chance to play around with that. You know, you can record something. Oh, that sucked. I'm going to delete that. And I'm going to start over. <laughs> so you could do that. And that's the beauty of it. It's fluid. When you practice, you can just whatever mistakes you made or errors or whatever, you can just learn from them and then, you know, delete them and move on and make it better. TV journalist and host Joan London said when she was first breaking into the business, uh, one of her producers told her that her voice was too high and she spoke too fast. And from then on, she would remember in her mind, speak low and slow. And I, I remember that as well. That's one of the things that I think about when I'm standing there is I want people to understand what I say, don't want to rush through your words too quickly and and just take your time with your piece. Another quick little note here is, you know, I'm sure a lot of people here know about Toastmasters and you could join a Toastmasters group to improve your performance or your ability to recite or do public speaking. So that would be very helpful as well. That's an added added bonus. So any questions so far? Have you ever tried using the Braille that you know along with your audio? And that's one. And then the next thing I wanted to ask you uh, is also, would you read one of your poems? Like demonstrate to us how you're able to do that fluently with your Sure. Poetry. Yeah. I, I, Cheryl, I would say if you want to try doing the audio in Braille, do it. Yeah. Whatever yeah. is going to help you. And only you are going to be able to understand how that's going to be by practicing and experimenting with your work. <laughs> yeah, and I highly recommend the Toastmasters. I mean, I belonged years ago when I first lost my vision and I had more vision and I used cue cards and I've tried different things. I have some Braille on these big illustrations that I use when I'm presenting. What we need to remember too is that it's okay to pause, to have that pause in between as we're listening. We don't have to keep talking, talking, being able to pause for a second as we're listening. Because I know people do that when they're reading or they're using their notes. Sometimes they're pausing for a moment to take a drink of water. That's something else we can do. Have water near us if we need to do that. Good so point. that yes. it, something that will help us, not just even Braille, for some people who don't even know Braille, having tactile things on a card even, there are, or using a puff paint or something to make a cue card to help, even if it's just a letter or one word, that helps. I use that in the beginning. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's the tricks of the trade. <laughs> you know, I always wonder, like, when I'm standing there and I'm listening and I'm getting ready and I'm, I must look like a statue doing nothing. <laughs> What is this woman doing standing there just looking off into space? <laughs> so, Amy, um, question I have, prepare your text. Cheryl's oh, mentioned yes. a couple of things. I prepare scripts for the podcast. I use a large font. Can you talk about preparing the text and some sure. strategies in that? Sure, like in a Microsoft Word document? Yeah, or okay. like what sort of things people could use as cues to, to help them, because you might have some site. Yeah. And then the audio prompt would be helping. Well, you could use bold, bold lettering if you wanted to put your name in bold and then the rest of the text underneath that plane and then Cheryl's name in bold and then the rest in plain. 
Line spacing helps a lot. I use line spacing more than anything else, really, because when you listen to Jaws, it'll tell you, you know, you'll hear the, the actual pause. Um, so, you know, you know, when you're going to a new line or whatever. I try to keep it as clean as possible, probably because I am a um, text-to-speech user and I try to eliminate any unnecessary things that JAWS might pick up on, especially punctuation, things like that, that I'm reading, you know, so it doesn't clutter up what I'm hearing. But everybody's different. Some people might want more punctuation. It, It all depends. But I think the most important thing is when you're going over your text and you're preparing it, make note of um, lines that are very long or very complex or word clusters that are tongue twisters or just don't sound right when you, uh, if you don't take a pause or a break. And that's really important because when you're, when you're going back and you're listening for the audio prompt, you, you need it to be at a level where you can understand it and then speak it out a second later. So you don't want to overwhelm what you're listening to and you don't want it to necessarily trip you up when you're speaking it. And that's one of the reasons why practice is so important. My my scripts for when I perform are much longer because I'm I'm breaking things down into smaller sections and to smaller pieces of line edits. It's very helpful because I'll use my technology and I'll be hourling down through the lines as I'm listening and speaking. And if those lines are too long, I won't remember <laughs> what, what that line was. And I'll have to go back up and listen, re-listen. And that might make an extra pause. It might sound a little awkward. So important to be able to balance the actual text and content um, for you and your personal comfort zone. Some people exactly. might be able... Yeah, you might be able to listen to a long line and and just be able to repeat it. But I know I can't. So you're actually Mm -hmm. listening to the prompt and then you're speaking and you're arrowing down to the next line and listening to that while you're talking. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. And absolutely, the rephrasing is important. As Cheryl and I have been doing this together and I've done keynotes to thousands of people and never had issues when I was cited just worked off of bullet points off of PowerPoints, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't work now. I can't do that. And so I have to have an entirely different way to do it. And I'm finding that I have to look at my phrasing that I can, just like you said, so easily get tongue tied trying to follow my script and moving the words around make it much cleaner for me. But you have to spend time with your words to figure that out. And I think as people get started, They'll experience more and more of this. Maybe we'll have you back for another a part two episode in a month or so and maybe work on some things together and actually go through it. Would you read sure. for us now? Give us a sure. demonstration. All right. Uh, this is not my poem. This is a poem by James Wright. It's called A Blessing. Just off the highway to Rochester, Minnesota, twilight bounds softly across the grass and the eyes of those two Indian ponies darken with kindness. They have come gladly out of the willows to welcome my friend and me. We step over the barbed, see, this is one of them. We stepped over the barbed wire into the pasture where they have been grazing all day alone. They ripple tensely. They can hardly contain their happiness that we have come. 
They bow shyly as wet swans. They love one another. There is no loneliness like theirs. At home once more, they begin munching the young tufts of grass in the darkness. I would like to hold the slenderer one in my arms, for she has walked over to me and nuzzled my left hand. She is black and white. Her mane falls wild on her forehead, and the light breeze moves me to caress her long ear that is delicate as the skin over a girl's wrist. Suddenly I realize that if I stepped out of my body, I would break into blossom. The end. Beautiful. It, uh, it's, it's a beautiful poem and it's hard to read. Yeah. You did a good job. Could, Thank you. But you, you can tell some of those lines are really long mm -hmm. and the alliterations tripped me up. And mm -hmm. I have to practice this at least two or three more times to really get over those hurdles. That's the kind of thing you just... You have to be willing to do. And the feedback you all gave, you know, me is just, it's just great. One other thing is also playing around with your speed trait for your, for your screen reader. It takes time to get it to get to a quick point. You may have to start a, a lot slower than you would prefer for just normal reading. And, and that's because you have to train your ear and your mouth <laughs> to kind of work together in a way where you're speeding up your auditory appreciation of what's being spoken so that you can, you can speak it yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it can be done. A lot of people do it. So, yeah. So let's um, take a few questions yeah. for Annie, if we could. Annie, have you tried recording yourself, reading something and then using that as an audio prompt? No, because I think I like the synthesized speech better. It's just quicker for me to understand. I can oh, okay. manipulate it more. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Well, well, back in the 1980s, I went to a church camp once where the pastor read a story and he had a Walkman with headphones and he was, it was on a tape and he would start the tape and then he just kind of recited after hearing it on the tape. And so I, that's what kind of gave me the idea to try that. Yeah, you could totally do that. And if you do that, let me know how it works, because I'd like to know. Okay. I mean, those are the, okay. like I said, whatever works for you, you know, whatever makes you successful, yeah. that's, that's the key. We'll go to Carol. Thanks so much. Oh, great. Thank you. So that was wonderful. Well, how helpful. Several things that jumped out at me was the reminder of the reading out loud of something I've written, doing rewrites and refresh and all that kind of thing and hearing it out loud. And that's helpful on text to voice because I use that also. But also for me to read it too, that's really, really a great reminder. Glad it could help you. Hello. Um, thank you so much for, for being here today to share your experience with us. How long did it take you to train your brain to use the jaws in one ear? And to read, like to arrow down, because that's what I'm going to have right. to do. For open mic night. That's what I'm going to have to do when I join the PTA for my kids' school. And I've been kind of using that as an obstacle. Like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. Right now, I don't have the money to get a Braille display. or So it's my only option. Well, that's a good question, uh, Rebecca. And I just practice. If you have, if you have some way to record yourself listening I'd... to Jaws and arrowing and talking. I think you said the iPhone has a voice memo yeah. or something like that voice recorder yeah or you can even use notes if you open your notes app and you can record a note that way as well and play it back i think you'll be more confident once you hear that you don't sound as bad as you think you do <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I think that's what happens a lot. We we have this internal thing going, oh my God, I sound, I'm going to sound terrible. Everybody's going to know that I'm going to be doing all these things. And people don't know. People people come up to me afterwards. They go, you did, that was wonderful. How did you do that? Because they, they know something's going on, but they can't really tell. I mean, I we sound just like everybody else. So, so what do you um, use when you're in public? Well, I try to bring my laptop. And if I can't bring my okay. laptop, I usually prep my iPhone. The best way that I found is that I take, I copy and paste whatever I'm want into a, an email message and I send it to myself. And then I can just swipe through the lines in the email and uh, hold it in my hand and do it that way. And at the Friends and Art Showcase in Rochester, I did that. And I recited two poems with my iPhone and earbud and it, w- it came out great. And I was so shocked that it worked. So, That's wonderful. So yeah, you can do it. Just to remind, I think I might have mentioned it once before. There's a Toastmasters for visually impaired people. It's called VIP for visually impaired people. Toast uh, VIP online Toastmasters.com. And they meet every Sunday, 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. And um, there's a lot, who are, there's a lot of people who are totally blind or visually impaired. And they make sure that all the materials are accessible. Uh, their, that's their mission for Toastmasters International. So if you have had trouble, if you are in Toastmasters and another one, um, you could always, you know, reach out to that one for accessible materials and they always invite people to come and listen in to the call. I love the use of, I call it pregnant pauses when you have tongue twisters and things. And I use that in mm-hmm. Toastmasters and, and music, they call it use of negative space, which is great. And I'm just curious about the auto prompting. It sounds like Annie used JAWS. But can you use voiceover with it too? I find it tricky to do that. I'm trying to figure out how to do this, and I really appreciate this, Paul. Thanks so much. Yeah, voiceover should work just fine with yes. it as well. Yeah. Yep. And an external yep. keyboard helps a lot, especially on your phone or on your iPad using an external keyboard. Thank okay. you for that information, Lisa. That was very helpful. Thank you, Annie. Fabulous. We look forward to having you back to do a workshop session with us where we get to try this out with you as our coach. We hope you'll be able to do that with you. So we wanted to talk about the first ever Writing Works Wonders Contest and the details on this. I hope everybody's ready for it. It is the exactly 52 words contest. The deadline is September 30th, 2021 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. And the first prize is $25. There's absolutely no entrance fee required. If you go to our website, again, writingworkswonders.com, go over to contact us and click enter contest. You'll get all the information. No more than 52 words. No less than 52 words. Choose your genre. The title is included in the 52 words. Maximum five entries per person. Submission theme is new beginnings. Before you submit, be sure to read the entire page of information. So what do we mean by new beginnings? Entering fall 2021, what does new beginnings mean to you? Maybe it's about fewer lockdown restrictions and more freedom. Or you or a loved one is returning to learning or school or the workplace. Or perhaps it means new opportunities, relationships, technology locations, 
or experiences. Your interpretation fits the bill. Your mission is to craft a compelling 52-word entry which captures the judge's minds, hearts, and imaginations. And we also provide evaluation criteria on that page and an email to submit any questions you might have about the contest. We hope you will enjoy this opportunity to write and to submit. If someone does not use the internet, does not have access, they can send us an email, ask for all of the guidelines, and we'll send them to you, and you'll be able to submit via email as well. We also have a phone number. If you need the information snail mailed to you, we could do that as well. So regarding the open mic, the information we are sharing with folks, it's open mic short storytelling event. Your reading time is a maximum of five minutes. You might read an excerpt of a longer piece or a very short story. Please keep all content G-rated. The information you provide us will be used in the show notes and also on a dedicated open mic webpage on our site. So there is no theme particularly. It's um, writer's choice. You get to pick what you want to submit. We hope people will make reservations to ensure a slot on the program. Thank you, Annie, for a fabulous show today. So very helpful and inspiring. I know a lot of people benefit from it, especially Cheryl and I. We're looking forward to putting this into practice and exploring strategies for each of us. Be sure to visit the website for these show notes, resources, and bonus episodes of episode 21 and 22, the podcasting for authors and the successful submissions episodes that were released during the conference that were not recorded live. There will be on the feed and also on the website. You'll also find the many opportunities to write and participate in Writing Works Wonders event on the site. We're excited to be able to offer these things to you. And we've been receiving such great participation from people in the open mics as speakers on the show, submitting writing prompt responses. We hope this is encouraging you We also have a donate button, which gives you options of ways to help us pay our technical expenses. We're fortunate that all of the staff are volunteering their time and skills to offer this program and community to our writers. You may contact Cheryl and Kathy through the contact page, our email at writingworkspodcast at gmail.com, and our Google telephone number works with any phone, 347-467-0221. Above all else, we want you to be encouraged, inspired, and enjoy the wonder of writing. We look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for joining us today at Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. Now tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. We also have a donate button, and that's to help with the expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this show and podcast going. There's a link there that you can tap on that will take you directly to our website at www.writingworkswonders.com. There you will find all the information we talked about today, along with show notes and so much more. We want you to feel encouraged and inspired to know the wonder of writing. And until next time, our friends, Keep on writing.
opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.